taking some time to address some random thoughts and kind of collect my thoughts. I'm trying to establish a new trajectory in uh, my life. It seems that I've been going on this path for a while and now it's just leading me to ruin and somehow out of the fragments I'm trying to sift through and find what it is there that is substantial and significant that I can pick up and take with me as I move on from this life and I tie in these emotional aspects of being human and I've taken great pleasure in appreciating all of the good reasons that attach humans to this earthly plane. Uh, reasons that bring people the essence of life. And in the most abundant sense, it is love in all aspects. And humans on earth whether they are aware of it or not, are warriors of love. And all that which they defend or they fight for is for love to be redeemed in the world. And this is a beautiful thing. And the, the concept of love is, is lovely when you really think about it. And there are, you know, dark sides and aspects to it. Um, misguided love, misdirected love, misunderstood love. Uh, these are all things that lead humans to do some pretty deplorable things. Um, the absence of love, perhaps, is what leads men to be beasts and to turn into these evil monsters. I mean, they say that some of the most horrific characters in history uh, were men that just did not have love, whether it be from a mother or from a potential spouse. There's something about love that didn't keep them grounded in humanity. The absence of love made them into monsters. And so it's obvious that I wasn't taken so far away from my intended plot course to delve into the concept of love and to have that concept renewed for me so that I can come to a better level of understanding as to why it is that I love the way that I do because it doesn't manifest in the same ways as I have seen as worldly example. And I've looked to love and I experimented with love and I've listened to love with open ears and I've looked at it with open eyes and I have discovered there are so many intricate interrelationships between it, but a lot of it is fragmented by this 
misguided truth that love is this thing that is not messy and that it is perfect in every way and perfection is nothing but a grasping it's not something that can be attained it's an action more like a tool than a really anything that can be established so in understanding that love is this beautiful messy thing and understanding love on the different levels of capacity like love for fellow humanity love for the life of a human being the love of the fellow humans in their strife and their suffering and to want to have that redeemed so that they can find peace and happiness in their hearts for content and for the those who have love and share in the bliss of it for there to be a continued involvement with that interrelationship that bonds and holds true that love as something that is meaningful in their lives because that inspires them to seek, pursue, survive, and thrive. And these are all reasons that humans need to be alive. And so in this sense, love is beautiful and I have appreciated it from what experiences I have had of it in my life. And it only hurts to compare it to the love that I've seen in other ways. I have been jealous of the love that I see other people share. And then I realized that the love that I've had, it can't be compared because the love that I have is unique. No one can love like me. And because I know about human individuality, <coughs> I know that love is different for everybody. And everybody brings their own spice and their own flavor and, and their own beautiful poetry. <clears throat> and it's so thoughtful to understand love's significance but now that's done i realize i'm in a place in my life where the fairy tale has ended and though it ended long ago uh, I struggled to hold on to the storyline and to fulfill the plot thinking that life meaning and purpose was stemmed from this romantic interlude I was convinced by the stories that I was told and the stories that I see and the people's lives that unfolded in front of me that 
my life would not be complete unless I was in love. And I followed that for a very long time and found heartache down every single through line. And there are many aspects of love that I was able to cherish, but they were always the parts of it that were most fleeting. And so to continue to strive for it, I feel like I was deceiving myself. So I tried to find within new relationships, new types of relationships, in family and friendships and in parenting and in romantic relationships and I've found each of them to be failing in bringing what I thought love was going to mean for me. And so I hashed out the reality of things and it brought me to this supreme understanding of what love truly is. And from that moment, my life has not been the same. It shook the tomb of my soul. Everything about what I understood in the universe fizzled before me and dissolved into nothingness. I had built my life on a lie. And while it's a very beautiful lie, in the, the vision that it brings, Nevertheless, I was living a lie by trying to incorporate these things into my life and trying to be that and trying to reach for that and extend myself into this living. And I realized upon looking at it that that's why I wasn't amounting to anything was because I was trying to fit in to a facade and being one of logic, this I find very odd. When you look at the terms of what is love in the human context, I mean it can be just reduced down to chemical explosions within the body. You know? And then you see that love enacts this certain level of psychology your brain will tell you this beautiful story in order to convince you to keep attaining that, that sense of feeling that makes it feel good, that release of endorphins and whatever other things that bring you satisfaction. And so our machines, our bodies become this continuous interaction with trying to find that moment that can trigger this chemical response again and again over and over again. And then you see that love easily becomes an addiction. And because you have no idea what the concept of, of love truly is, you're just responding to these chemical reactions. You're blindly guiding yourself towards something that and eventually will fall upon itself. It, it, there's holes in the system. It can't hold water. And so I decided after in a tremendous heartbreak to go in and find out what love is about and 
to find the mechanics behind it, to understand it with a sense of um, objective observer. And I removed myself from the emotional context of feeling. It's not something I suggest to everybody because when you go into that gray area, things start to look a lot different and it's really hard to relate with others because they're expecting that emotional feedback from you and when they don't get it, they like attack you because they need it. They're looking for their fix and you're not willing to comply. <laughs> And you start becoming an enemy of everybody around you. And it's not that I don't want to lend comfort to others and, and to ease the pains of living with a little bit of hope of feeling something that makes you remember what it means to you to be alive. But love is not about survival it's something else entirely it's like formulating characters of a story and you need the characters to tell the plot but the point is not that the characters exist it's the story that they exist within. And I understand that might seem a little confusing to people. But I guess where I'm trying to draw from is the distinction that uh, to not be an individual in the world, detach yourself and just be human, you see that the storyline of the human species exists regardless of whether or not we have these other storylines becoming involved. And while they make the story more interesting, the more characters we have and the more diversities that we have, they aren't fundamental to the essence of being human. They're just residual outcomes of prior choices that were made. When we see that we have options, we choose the ones that most likely bring out the type of framing that we wish to see. And so love becomes this looking glass that we see the world through. And we become so focused on it that it does blur out the other things and you can't see the rest of what it's like to be human. And because love is so rewarding, we become fixated on it. And when we don't have love, we, we become irrational and, and we become aggressive and we seek to, to get it and many are even willing to try to take it by force and you understand that love is a force and so therefore you can't force it you can guide it you can give it gentle persuasions you can 
create these lovely pools where bits of it can collect and become these larger manifestations and you call these interconnectedness relationships and you share them in bounds in these beautiful sparks of constant chemical reactions that occur as you experience the essence of loving but that's not life it's a part of living yes i will not deny that but that's not what we're here to do in order to survive i like the answer that people give that love is the answer and i very much agree to the extent that people don't turn love into this external striving if you live in love and light you are empowered by this amazing capacity to do things beyond human reasoning and so it's a powerful force it can do so many good things but there's a lot of negative things that come out of it and it's because the relationship to it has been distorted because people don't realize that it's only one aspect of every other part of themselves <clears throat> so for a long time because of the conditions that I was led to uh, my understandings by I realized that I became addicted to love and I thought my life would not be complete unless I had and so I searched for it in everything and I learned to love everything and when you love everything it opens your heart to a lot of heartache and I learned valuable lessons of how love is the pathway to forgiveness but it's also the quickest pathway to making mistakes and people learn in love and in some ways it becomes just a retardation of the other feelings and experiences of being human And in my life, I was fortunate enough to become a parent early and to go through relationships early. I married young. And I learned a lot from those experiences. A lot of pain, which pushed me away from trying to achieve those things again in my life because the pain of their removal is so much that one should not have to bear. And so removing myself from that, I realized all the ways about living that I actually cared about that didn't have any basis in love, didn't have a basis in relationships. 
it solely stemmed from within me and where I cared to be compassionate about the essence of my own humanity. And so I've taken time to focus on self-care and I found a whole new world of understanding. Like, life suddenly doesn't become so demanding. You aren't meant to live up to somebody's expectations and then to live with the regrets of now finding the safe harbors of love full of nothing but resentments. Not having to go through that. Not having to worry about fitting in a place or to making room within myself or others to come in and, and share my space. I realize I start to become a more incomplete person that way. And the things that negatively affected me before don't affect me in the same way. I don't have the same emotional responses because I'm not trying to cling to, to love and to think that I must have somebody in my life in order to fill a void. I started to fill that void with other genuine experiences, the things that elated my life and from a very early age has always been knowledge. And extrapolating data and and connecting it in the map of my mind and form it into knowledge and then take the bits and pieces and weave it into this through line of total understanding of something that formulates a wisdom by which I can live my life from and I become empowered by that and then I think to myself I never understood why I sacrificed my intelligence for my need for a relationship. And I did it in, in the most direct manifestation. The universe was trying to call my attention to it when I lived in a marriage where I wasn't even allowed to read a book. And this is from someone who grew up with books. Books raised me. Books gave me the majority of my intelligence. Lacking role models in my life and people who I could uh, trust with confidence. I could always trust a book because it couldn't change its story. It was all always laid there, plain as day, black and white print, right there before me. And though I can imagine I would think the story would be every turn of the page it just confirmed that the baseline of the story and I'm able to become involved with it and to put myself in another perspective entirely and it's learning through observation which is what humans do best brilliant little observers we tend to copy and mimic those things that we see that we want to see more of in the world. We want to emulate those things that we find beautiful or fascinating. And my mind has always been about this interrelating. And I always 
love to play with dolls because I could create these storylines of, of whole lives that they would live in trial and error. And it wasn't until I started to recognize my own projection of negativity into the relationships that my dolls were having that I realized how much the things in my environment were really causing my mind to see things in a different way. And so in a matter of self-preservation, to know that I was going to be evolving from these conditions I wanted to give myself the best possible opportunity to not be held down by the circumstances I saw before me. So I reached for a book and I, f I found an extension by which I could tap into and a, a portal, portal of auxiliary. And to me, it became no less my reality than what I was living on the daily. Losing myself into a book became a part of the story that I was telling myself. It was the influence I was placing upon myself to teach myself about the things that were yet to come in my life. I found the things that were most interesting to me and, and I followed through on them. And sure, I love the idea of love and partnership because oh, they make it so beautiful, storybook love. Fantastic. But it only happens that way in storybooks. And sure, there are people who live storybook love because they write this love story together in their relationships. And there's ways to make it truly beautiful and magnificent. And people can live in love and their relationship be their entire life and it works for them in happiness and for some people, that's the meaning of life for them. It is beautiful, and I grant them all the blessings in the world, much happiness, for them to achieve the supreme excellence that that can bring to them. But for me, it's not the same. Love in the terms of relationship for me has been ruined, and not to say that there can't be something adapted from the rubble and ruin, something new formed and built on top of it. Uh, but it has to be something that's built with intention. And it can't be something that's built on illusion. And I wouldn't for a second build something on the sand unless it was broad enough to withstand and prevent itself from sinking. You know, solid foundation in... Uh, real thinking, not some sort of illusion that easily fades away, because most of the time it's just these chemical reactions which eventually get inhibited by something that sends a mixed signal your way. Like, love is fine and everything's great, and then all of a sudden they smack you. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, love doesn't mean the same thing to you. And so, in my relationships, most of the time we've been looking to storybook love and wanting that in the world. But knowing that that was only one aspect of everything, we see that there's so much more in the world that I find highly interesting. <clears throat> These fascinating things. 
I become less interested in the social dynamics of humans where I'm included in the involvement. I am a very internal person, an introvert with extroverted capacities. Um, it's kind of like I have my own complete self, my own circle, and I don't require intrusions in order for me to feel alive. But I can bring my circle, my sphere, up to another person's sphere of experience and we can share in the cross sections where it comes in this little Vesca Pisces of interrelations. We all have that to some varying degree. Of some people it's much more shallow and other people it's more profound. And there have even been in the rarest sense ones that have crossed so much into the sphere of my own personal significance that I almost lost myself in loving them for the beauty that I see. It's like, when you see someone that's like yourself, you feel this sense of validation in your own living. Like, I am not the only one that sees the world that way. And how can you not love someone that is so familiar? But of course, Familiar and similar do not mean the same. And there's bound to be differences, especially in the view of their frame. And I find it a challenge for me to fit into uh, the world that other people occupy. Uh, because of the environment that I find myself in. I create myself safe spaces. And how most of them are built on sand. And they don't last long. Uh, it serves the purpose of giving me an excuse to keep moving on. <laughs> I guess not having that external drive to, to try to seek these relationships in the world, that I become more oriented with the relationship with myself. That I no longer have to conform to what other people expect of me. Like, society has high expectations for everyone, and a lot of them are turning into increased demands, and the degrees of freedom in the world are ever more shrinking. And we're turning into an isolated society by these bounds of conformity. And it's like they're allowing the world to turn into this chaos so that they can justify binding us in chains. <laughs> and, you know, there's basic universal laws that you can follow that make you a decent human being. And... A lot of the other bullshit doesn't happen, so you don't have to have laws and rules to confine people from being their shitty versions. You know, I think the world is better served to 
create mutual agreements for mutual benefits, opposed to locking everyone into the interpretation of laws which are left with so many loopholes that they apply only within certain context and then insert bias here and then it becomes all about somebody's personal relationship with giving a fuck and actually caring and you see so much discriminating and it's painful in my opinion to see like uh understanding the discriminations that are placed upon people of color or people without uh, income equality that the same laws and rules that should apply to everybody are applied to them most strictly and in harshly and they can't afford to compete against defending themselves while people with money can commit the same crime, do the same wrong, and they have money to flip around and they get off scot-free. And to me, that that just proves the imminent demise of humanity. If it's constantly going to be about elitism and, you know, people getting away with shit while other people are condemned by it, this is not freedom. This is not liberty. This is forced conformity. It's enslavement to an idea, and an, it's an idea that they only allow to be carried by those people who they're willing to place the banner in the hands of. These leaders that we presume that we elect are just people who have been carefully chosen and crafted to be placed in that slot to fulfill some requirement. And it's not to say that there aren't political figures that are out there are really, truly striving to improve things for the betterment of everyone, but I don't trust a single politician that tries to create new laws to bind everybody by. I want to see a politician that comes in and says, we are going to establish for ourselves a necessity that overrides the need for laws that justice should be bound by common humanity, not by some distorted language that's filled with frivolity and fragmented and distorted, and it's like every law is a new Pandora's box waiting to be unleashed. And injustice is served by every single one of them. So you really have to look at the basis of what justice is about. And when you find a politician that is there that is willing to say, I care enough to make sure that we can free ourselves and give us the liberty to live as free people in a society that is not bounded by laws, but that serves justice, then we will find peace among us. Not until that day. Anyway, the point being that just as unfair as the world is for any one distinction, you can discriminate about people for any sort of reason. People are creative. They find new fucked up ways to hate each other every day. 
And it's so sad. And I find myself so at odds with everything that I see the world being. And I am this outcast because I can't involve myself in that. I can't be a part of that. And and I and I've tried to to fight that system. But fighting to me just seems like such a waste of breath and time. You cannot fight the beast head on. You have to look at the picture with renewed eyes and really see what's going on. Find the root of the problem. You know, let's get down to base principles. And you understand it's just about relationships with each other and with ourselves. And how we become so distorted about the things that we strive for. We've been given this false sense of economics that a dollar is the motor of the universe. That everything runs off of a buck. And it's simply not true. If we were to give a dollar a value, it'd be more like a stick that's waved at us and we're constantly poked with. We're demanded to make more of it. Which is funny, because you can take a fairly long stick and break it up in a bunch of pieces and doesn't mean you have any more length to it. Just more pieces. And when you're in a forest of fallen twigs, you just have more that you can pick up. And so really, what's the value? If we have dollars that we can just print these pointless pieces of paper, or more so now than ever, the dollars have turned into this relationship to a decimal point in this electronic sense. Although those things make no sense in the terms of, like, governance, it just forces us along to conform to the ways in which the money fits into the system. When you think of, like, homesteading in terms of, like, <clears throat> finding your plot and tilling your land, building your home by your own very hands, and <sighs> reaping the fruits of your own honest labor, and have everything you need there, and enough to trade up within market to select extra variety and then you see that variety is what is real industry what is real economy but things have been brought to shoving more people into more space so that they can be in these central hubs of productivity so that we can create bullshit and it's not to say that there aren't products and services out there that are very important for people to have. 
you know, even back in the old days, you needed to have the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker, because those are all things that you needed. But the idea of going out and, and striving for a career to make money so that you can build yourself a little life doesn't provide you with the things that you need. And at any moment in time, you are constantly on this unstable ground. That economy has been built on sand, and it's quick. One second you're on top, and then the next second you, the bottom has fallen out of it. Just look at the stock market. You know, enough said about that. So I guess I look at my purpose and my place, and I recognize that from an early age I have lived separate from the conformities of society. And I don't just take things as I have been led to believe. I question everything. And an inquisitive mind is a dangerous thing to have because you automatically become the enemy of everyone that you've ever met because your insertion of truth makes them mad because you tell them that that's not the whole story or you're missing the key component and I try to give people this simplified summary of just an interjection of a new way to perceive and then I become everyone's worst enemy and of course they don't understand at all what I'm saying because they're looking through their perspectives which are not interlined with mine and then I have to defend myself and it becomes about this fight it has nothing to do with people learning something new and while I admit I know that I have much to learn about the world because I have not had every experience and I have not read every book and I have not had every conversation and I have not lived every life. There's no way that I would ever be able to comprehend or even fathom the vastness of everything that exists in time. But I can through my natural instinct and inquisitive nature feel an understanding of the truth and beauty that resides there. There's an element of truth and beauty in everything. It's like the silver lining in every cloud. I hate when my arguments have to get loud because I know people don't listen at a certain decibel. <laughs> They're just not capable. And when people think that you're fighting with them, reason shuts down and they become defensive and they always want to stand their ground. And so I like to take the approach as not being forceful or demanding, but gentle persuasions of a new understanding and people some are receptive 
find it's the ones who are more intelligently introspective. Those who are willing to question their own reality, or at least their relationship with it. You know, the world is made up of different eyes, and we all behold different things. And our universe is an observant one. So as we observe, things come into the light of our observation. And they exist there for people to fathom with contemplation. And so I don't try to tell people what to believe. I just want to leave them in wonder about all that I mention. Try to expand your awareness to another dimension. See that there's more dynamics that are at play in this sphere of your understanding. You have to look at things in multiple ways. You have to turn the kaleidoscope to see the picture in every way. becomes about these interrelated connections of everything. And they're simple. There's only a few of them. There's not much to this spherical complex. Love is one of them, but the concept of love is taken way out of context because it becomes the whole thing when it really is only one part. And I lived for a long time not understanding why everything in my life was constantly falling apart. It's because it was fragmented by only the pursuit of love. And once I finally gave that up, I realized the true underlining love that's there. It's like love and appreciation for the fact that everything there matters. And there's significance and there's purpose and meaning to everything. And when I choose to care about that, that for me is real true loving. Like loving everything that's there and all the complexity and dimension and I started developing this new relationship with everything in terms of my own human being. I found myself and my reason and my place and I looked at my initial methods of learning and discovered that I truly read the story that's there, the underlining themes. I read the fabric within the language of everything that folds within the seams. It seems like it's this, but in fact it is actually all of that and more. And I'm constantly looking at things down into that human element core. And I relate myself to that. And because I love myself, I love that part of it too. So, 
I can't deny my fellow human based off of those terms. And by relating to people in that way, I find that it's true love. Because it's not built on the facade or the stories that I've been told about what love is meant to be or what I should expect from it. It becomes <clears throat> what is real, it's what I truly know is real, and it's a realness that I can feel. And it is in accord with the natural laws of the universe. It's not built on the foundation of my imagination or the illusions of it. It's not built on something that has been learned. It's not something that has been examined. It's something that is natural and that I can bring my awareness to and somehow truly fathom what's there. It's a sense of knowing beyond reason. It is that intuitive nature that is essence of my season and then within that I find every reason to care about everything <clears throat> but also I'm human and I get distracted by things I live my life to a point of striving for love in all the wrong ways all the ways society told me I had to do and when I let that go I finally saw true love, true love, shine through. And I became <clears throat> more connected with myself and fell in love with myself and my understanding of the world and the universe. And I began to see what I would like to have continue on for humanity. It's this propagation of that love that I see, that love that I feel, that love that I need. I need the core essence of good humanity to continue on. And for that spark to be inflamed in everyone. And that's where my real story had begun. Like, I lived lifetimes before I resurrected as my truest self. And once I removed myself from the shelf, <clears throat> I began to see the world in this renewed way. I saw it real for the first time ever. And I don't regret any of the decisions I made prior to it. The pain, oh, it bore deep, but it showed me the depths of my own humanity. And I struggled with finding balance within retaining myself within that existence and as soon as I realized if I just let all of that go because it, I wasn't meant for that I was meant for more than this and I let that go and I let it be okay I saw all of my relationships dissolve before me in my entire life went astray I lost everything I had nothing I was down to not even a red cent but I've built up from it and my foundation is more stable and strong. And in comparison to what other people experience in the world, it may not seem like much. But it's beautiful. And I love what I'm creating out of all that I have. And I'm striving for more because I want to bring this type of consciousness to more people. 
I have things that I want to build and develop. It's my natural tendency. I'm a little builder. I remember as a child, <clears throat> though I'd like to play with dolls and create these little storylines, most of the time I made my dolls. I made them out of scrap things that I could find, that things that people had discarded or left in a drawer and forgotten about, I'd take them. And I would take yarn and I would weave clothes for these dolls that I would create out of sticks, things. I would build whole houses for them, dioramas of experiences. I'd build furniture and accessories and everything that I felt a human needed. And I loved being in that little world of imagination, of lifestyle creation. And I began to see that as I built up the lifestyle, the stories of my dolls changed. And it's a phenomenon that's really strange. It brought me to this light of awareness that our environments really are what make our stories. <laughs> so of course I strive for better environments, choice optimal. And of course, when I contrast it to what other people see as desirable, <clears throat> it's not the same. Not even on the same level. I just want different things. And I go back to <clears throat> all of the things that have inspired me. You know, when I go through this new enlightened version of me, and I found the key to... What I've always been striving for is this better version of humanity, better stories being told. And I realized that as I become older, I have more of a desire for that story to be told because I see more and more often that the story that I want to read is not out there. It doesn't exist. And as any good writer knows, you have to write those ones. If they're not there, you have to write it yourself. And so I began writing it. And I took all this intelligence I got from the books of my childhood, and I picked up more books to read and spent so much time investing myself within the pages of all of these interesting things. And I formed connections and correlations and, you know, connecting the dots and tried to build up something substantial and significant and present it to the world. And then I, of course, came across a dilemma that uh, communicating a concept to people that they do not yet value is a challenging thing. And so I've taken it upon myself to learn how to better communicate things. Um, so people can understand what I'm saying is real. I'm also in this struggle because I want to constantly build things, but I don't have the capacity right now. So I'm trying to increase my capacity somehow and recognizing that the world is trying to force me to do things their way and I can't. 
I am in such dark contrast to it that if I go into living that way, I will just disrupt everything for everyone. If I'm not free to be me and who I am, it's desecration upon every human. It literally degrades every system and everything falls apart. It's not just for me, but for anyone that I'm around. So I keep myself at a safe distance to keep people safe from my catastrophe. This here is chaos, but there's order to it. And I'm trying to get people to see. But people don't want to reason with me. They want to believe. So I'm trying to get that message out there for people to perceive. It's challenging. This has led me to this level of personal and social renewal that I have to put myself back into uh, the spaces and places where people congregate to. And I need to interject on their conversations and insert into their intelligence a new frame of mind. Leave them in wonder about what I mentioned so that they will investigate for themselves along that same through line. But I have to incentivize them somehow with the promise of reward. And that's where their feeble, limited minds tend to get bored. Because most of the things that I say, they seem as if they're science fiction and impossible. They're a part of some future distant day when they're not. Uh-huh. <laughs>